Hello, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Harper's Halftime. I'm your host, Tori Harper, and with me, I have the man who walks around with a 24-7 8-pack, my husband, Sean Harper. Hello. I feel like I had to kind of blow your head up a little bit there for the first like intro like that. If you're new here, our podcast is going to keep you in the game with the latest sports news and insights. You'll receive all the deep details from Sean and the unfiltered reactions from myself. So whether you're a dedicated fan or just looking to stay informed, we're the podcast for you. So grab your favorite snack, find a comfortable spot, and let's jump into the action. So for today's podcast, we're going to change up the format just a little bit. We're going to have our first half with topic one and second half with topic And then we're going to be introducing Harper's Halftime Show, which is going to give you some juicy tea from our own personal sports lives. And then if we have time, we might even head into overtime with something exciting that Sean doesn't know about. So if we have time at the end, I'm going to I'm going to throw that in there. Okay. Before we get into the first half, I just want to remind everyone to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in ongoing sports updates with topics we cover in the podcast, head over to our Instagram at Harper's Halftime, where we'll make sure to keep you up to date on everything that we discuss. So with that, I'm going to hand this over to Sean to go into the first half of this podcast. All right. Topic one today is going to be about more basketball more basketball we're gonna stay with basketball okay i think it's relevant to say that we're talking a lot about basketball because it's very relevant right now with the draft and the finals yes so when football season comes around it's gonna be a lot about football probably yeah it just kind of whatever the sports world spits out right so brandon miller is topic one today which I kind of knew. I didn't know. I don't know anything about it, but I knew that was going to be the topic. So Brandon Miller is a college basketball player that declared for the draft. He's going to be in the upcoming draft this month. The reason I picked Brandon Miller for today's topic is I came across him while I was looking at Victor. Victor last last week's topic, Victor Wimbanyana about the draft lottery. Because I was trying to look up the projected draft of who all the players are going to be in the draft this year, and I found Brandon Miller's name. I didn't even realize he declared for the draft. Was he a freshman last year? He was a freshman. Okay. So I knew about Brandon Miller. I've known about this already, but then I saw his name, and he's coming up, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do some more research. We'll, we'll talk about him this week. So let's look a little bit about Brandon Miller's bio. He was born November 22nd, 2002. He is from Tennessee. He grew up in Anticoc, Tennessee, Antitoch. Anticoc? <laughs> hey, what are you, 12? Sorry. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, your face is like bright red. <laughs> So Brandon Miller's from Tennessee. He attended Cane Ridge High School. He was named Tennessee Gatorade Player of the Year his junior year. So as a junior in high school, he was already like dominating. And then his senior year, he was named Gatorade Player of the Year again and was named Tennessee Mr. Basketball. So back-to-back years, Gatorade Player of the Year. Dang. Five-star prospect, one of the best high school players coming out of the country. Was he number one coming out of high school? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think so. He was just, it was just one of the, one of the top players. He wasn't like a top high school player. He was considering offers from Alabama, Kansas, and Tennessee State because he had a cousin that was coaching at Tennessee State. 
So he almost went to a small school. He also was considering going and playing professionally in Australia or going straight to the G League like we're seeing yeah. more high school kids do. Brandon Miller ultimately decided to go to Alabama. This past season, Alabama was basically the best team in college basketball all year long. Yeah, I remember that, which was super random. Yeah, mainly in part because of this guy right here. Yeah, so okay. He was named SEC Player of the Year, SEC Freshman of the Year, MVP of the SEC Tournament, the conference tournament. Had an outstanding season, averaged like 19 points a game, eight rebounds, two assists, like really standout player. Obviously Alabama's best player they had. What position did he play? So he's like a shooting guard slash small forward. Okay. But he's really big. He's like 6'9". Oh, jeez. Yep, 6'9", 200 pounds, super athletic, can score. He's basically an all-around scorer. All-around really good player. He's not like a shooter or he's he's a do-it-all kind of guy. Okay. The big thing about Brandon Miller is what happened in January of this season, kind of like middle of the season. Yeah, before March Madness. Correct. Before the conference tournament, before March Madness, before all that stuff. Do you know anything about what happened with Brandon Miller? I have no idea. I don't. E- I didn't even know who he was really because I remember we watched the tournament and I was shocked that Alabama was ranked so high. When we got to the tournament? Yes. You don't remember Alabama beating Gonzaga? Yes, I do. But I it was during the beginning of the season. Yeah. And so I was taken off guard because I was like, Alabama's not a basketball school. They're a yeah. football school. What's yeah. going on? And so when we got to the tournament, I do remember, but I didn't keep up with Alabama throughout the season. Yeah, they continue to get better and better and better. Brandon Miller dropped like 36 on Gonzaga. That's crazy. Yeah, he was going off. They beat a lot of top schools before conference play. So. I thought it was like a one-off, like random. No, by the yeah. time by the time March Madness got here, they were the number one overall seed in the tournament. I do remember that. I was just taken off guard by it. January 15th, this is when the incident happens. I want to know what it is so bad. On January 15th, Brandon Miller was kind of like off doing his own thing. I don't know exactly what he was doing. And he had a teammate of his that was on the team at the time, Darius Miles. Darius Miles was with another gentleman whose last name is Davis. I don't remember his first name. I had to look it up. He's not a basketball player. He's just an outside friend. Apparently Darius Miles and Davis were getting into an altercation with some other people. Was this out at like the bars or something? No, I don't know where it was at. Darius Miles ended up texting Brandon Miller and asking him to bring him his gun. Oh no. So, I feel like I know where this might be going. Brandon Miller has this gun in his car that is later found out that it is, in fact, Darius Miles' gun. Okay. So it's not Brandon Miller's gun, but it was left in Miller's car by Miles. So Miles texted Brandon Miller asking him to bring him his gun. Brandon Miller, he also has someone else with him. He's, we'll get to that a little later. So him and another person in Brandon Miller's car drive to where Darius Miles, his teammate, and this other guy Davis is at. They get there, Miles and Davis get in the back seat. Reports show from a detective, from other people's witness testimonies and stuff like that, that apparently when they showed up, Miller told him the heat is in the hat, meaning the guns in the back seat in the hat, like the heat's in my hat. Is that some slang that yeah. I just don't know? Heat? Yeah. Hat is literal. So he's saying the guns in the hat. Okay. So he's basically saying the heat is in, this is quoted. Okay. So he says the heat is in the hat. There's one in the head, meaning there's, there's one in the bullet, chamber. Yeah, in the chamber. Correct. So basically, I said that part because 
these guys get in the back seat and Brandon Miller knows exactly what's in the gun. Yeah, he's here's the gun. It's loaded. It's it's ready to go basically. So from there, basically what's what's happening before they show up is Miles and Davis were talking to this woman some way, somehow. The, none of the stories or articles I've found go into details about this, but they end up getting into it with the woman's boyfriend. Okay, typical. Yeah, the boyfriend basically thinks that they're trying to like hit on his girl. So these three guys are all getting into it over a female. And yeah. they're in a vehicle at the same location. Darius Miles ends up giving the gun to the other non-teammate Davis, and they end up basically trading fire with the car, with the boyfriend. End up shoot trading fire, so they're shooting at each other. Shooting at each other. Two bullets hit Brandon Miller's windshield, and Davis, the non-Alabama teammate, the friend that's just there, ends up shooting and killing the woman that this was about. No way. The guy that Brandon brought... The gun to. No, not the teammate. Davis is the non-teammate so friend. Brand Brandon gave the gun to the teammate. The teammate gave the gun to the friend. Mm-hmm. So and the gun that was used, Brandon brought that gun to the scene. Correct. Okay. Yes. So, yes, the, the gun that Brandon Miller brought is the gun that was used. To at- kill who that ended up killing the woman. Yeah, she was 23 years old. Her name was Jamea Jonay Harris. That's where all that was all surrounding around her. Her and her boyfriend were in the car and they were both shooting at each other from from their cars. So, it's kind of believed that they were shooting at the boyfriend. They weren't obviously trying to hit her. No, yeah, of but course. But she ended up getting shot and killed. She's a mom. She has a little boy. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. Yep. Yeah, Miles ended up meeting the police that he gave the gun to Davis. Miller's windshield was hit twice, I guess, before they drove off. According to testimony, there was also another Alabama player there, Jaden Bradley, who was also at the scene of the shooting, but no one really couldn't find any involvement. I just know he was at the scene of the shooting somehow. So that's so just to put out kind of my like theory of his involvement isn't wouldn't he be an accessory to murder who brandon for bringing the gun yeah i I mean there's a whole boatload of stuff that he could be charged with okay so you got this other teammate there Jaden bradley then you got brandon miller and you have darius miles so that's three alabama players at the scene of a murder oh my gosh So, Miles and Davis are both facing capital murder charges after allegedly opening fire at a car and killing uh, the woman. As of right now, and it looks like it's where it's going to go from here, is Brandon Miller's not getting any charges pressed against him. How? And he's not in any trouble. The team's not suspending him at all. Nothing. How? How did he get away with that? Brandon Miller's basically saying that he had no idea what they wanted to do with the gun. He doesn't understand what the, like, he didn't know anything bad was going to happen. So basically, I'm just bringing property to my teammate because he asked me to bring him his property. And, and then, that I didn't know that he was going to use that at all, even though I told him that there was one in the chamber. Yeah, basically. But that, saying, is, that is hearsay. By saying, because they got that information from someone else. Correct. So. Basically saying, I had no idea why they wanted me to bring it to them. I show up and they just started shooting. And I got out of there as fast as possible. Correct. The head coach of Alabama, his name is Nate Oates. He came initially out with a with a statement saying, it's sad. We knew about that. We can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. 
Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble or is any type of trouble in this case. He was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Why are you hanging out with people who own guns and Correct. just carry them around? And then he had to have known that this guy has these problems and wants to solve them with violence. That's yeah. not just something that's a one-off. Yeah, and then the coach ended up getting a lot of backlash over this thing because everyone yeah. was just like, that seems like a very like, oh, oh well, what are you going to do? Kids are kids, and someone lost, lost their life in a, in a shooting. So he came out later like apologizing, but his initial statement is like, what did he say? Can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. College kids are out. Like, kids are going to be kids. That's a terrible mentality that to have as a coach, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Because as a coach, we've talked about this multiple times, I feel like you have responsibility to not just coach on the court, but also be a coach off the court. Yeah. You're, and you're raising young men. You're creating the culture of your team. Absolutely. And you're recruiting the culture of your team. And by saying, it's basically ha that saying, like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's basically saying, like, what happens outside the court, ha you know, stays outside the court. Like, that's not a good mentality to have. So part of this that I wanted to, like, bring to light that I was, like, while I was researching, what I was finding is, like, holy moly, you got, you got three teammates, Alabama teammates, at the scene involved in this deal and you got the coach, like, initially, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And he later came out with a different statement. I don't have it in front of me right now. But basically saying he was sorry and he didn't mean to come off like that. And Of course. So as of right now, Darius Miles got cut from the team. And he's facing, he's facing capital merger charges. Him and... Davis. That's like the least they could do. Oh, he got cut from the team. No, duh. Yeah, he, he's, can you he's, imagine if he didn't get cut from the team? Yeah, he's dismissed from the university. He's facing capital murder charges. I have no idea how Brandon Miller's not facing anything. No idea. I don't know what the text message... Obviously, it's got to be a text message record. So, obviously, it couldn't have been that bad. If Darius Miles was like, bring me my gun, I'm about to kill somebody, or hey, yeah. stuff's going down. If it was over text message... He would 100% be in major trouble. If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he really didn't know, sure, that's one way to go. But then the other way to go is he was the direct cause of that girl getting killed. Because if he wouldn't have brought the gun, then that woman wouldn't have been killed. Yeah. I don't know if he knew or not. I'm assuming that he knew something was bad happening. But yeah. As far as legality, somehow he's getting off. He's not, not facing any trouble. He's going in the draft. He's projected to go number two overall. This is a case where I would see a benefit of the family maybe suing, potentially. Why? Why, why this case and not the other case? Because this guy's getting off scot-free. Nothing's happening. Then you have nothing to sue him for. Sue? Well, you can sue for... Yes, you can. You can still sue. What would you sue him for? I don't know. I don't know all the legal stuff. I don't want to get into it and give like false yeah. like representation, but you can still sue. Basically what people who get off scot free get sued all the time. Basically what Tori's referencing is we talked about Jalen Carter and he was part of a street racing incident where someone died and the family's suing Jalen Carter and he only got a year probation and she she didn't agree with it. He's still got some fault. Like here this guy's getting off. There are people who get off scot free all the time that get sued. You know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Because the family could go and say, hey, he is a direct reason that my daughter or whatever got killed. And if he wasn't involved, there's a good chance that she wouldn't have gotten killed because the gun wouldn't have been 
at the scene. Sure. Tori's whole stance was the drunk driver, or the street racing kid. He wasn't drunk. The street racing kid, they're just suing. They're, like, after money. Like, it's not helping the situation. Right. Because he's already gotten time for the crime, basically, in my opinion. A year of probation. Yeah. It's not very harsh. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter about how harsh. It matters that there's still consequences. And with Brandon, he's getting zero consequences. It's, like, one of those things, like, be careful who you surround yourself with. So, Brandon Miller is still going to the draft. He's going to be a top three pick, expected to be a really good player in the NBA. The other little thing that kind of came out about this is New York Times originally their story said that there was another freshman that was with Brandon Miller an Alabama player yeah named Kai Spears apparently that was somehow they got false information this freshman kid was never in the car with them and there was a lot of dispute going back and forth whether he was there or not and he ended up suing the New York Times for falsely putting him there and it came out yesterday that a student manager named Cooper Lee was actually in the car not the freshman and he admitted it himself Uh oh. So there's just, I don't know, it's a whole mess. I did a lot of research, like trying to find more information, and there's not a whole lot, which is weird. Like, that's kind of like a PR thing, trying to get it out of the press and the media. How are all these Alabama staff members and players there, and only two people are getting in trouble? Right. Because someone has to be the fall guy. They should all be getting in trouble some way or form. Right. So you have three Alabama players and a staff member. At attendance of this thing. That's pretty crazy. The freshman player that was falsely accused of being there, he said in his lawsuit that this will forever label him as a person associated with a murder. So he's basically suing for defamation of character. Yeah, I wonder how that got messed up. If someone made a statement and said, oh, I think so-and-so was in the car... Mm-hmm. And then New York Times took that information and put it in the article as fact. He'll probably get a good payout for that. Yeah, they, they said they have procedures when stuff is going wrong or... Things like that. but So he's suing the New York Times. It came out that this manager was actually the one in the car with them, which is weird that it took this long to figure out who was in the car. That is. It's really weird. It it seems like a lot of cover-up is going on that people just aren't talking about. Very sketchy. So this guy's going in, and it'll be interesting to see. I feel like this won't be the last time Brandon Miller will be in trouble. I was about to say, it's one of those things where either he learns from it, but because he didn't get any kind of punishment, don't hold your breath. Yeah. because And so we'll probably see him pop up in the media again because he'll be hanging around the same type of people. It's not like he's just going to cut off all of his friends. No, he'll eventually be on an episode of Crime and Sports. (laughs) Pretty much. Back on our our podcast in like a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Him and John Moran will probably link up. (laughs) Become best friends. All right. Is there anything else you want to touch on that topic? Nope. That's... That's that's everything as of right now, so we'll see how his career pans out. I know, I kind of want to like, I definitely want to keep up with this stuff because... Yeah, now you're like, keep every topic we do, now you're keeping up with whatever we talk about. Yeah, because that's the only thing I'm allowed to look at sports-wise. I'm not, oh yeah, let's tell the people, I've been grounded for my ESPN app. You only look at that thing like six times a year, and the only reason you've gone on it recently is to look at the latest tea. No, I haven't. Yes, you don't I, use your app for anything. I went on there to look at a story you told me to look for, and I accidentally fell into some tea. Sure. Anyways, so I've been grounded for my ESPN app, so if it seems like I don't know things, that's why. When I ask you to look up scores, you just Google it. You don't even use your app. That's true. You don't even know how to properly use your app. That's true. I couldn't find the story you told me to find. Yeah. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on to our Harper's Halftime Show, which 
today we're finally gonna talk about the burpee fudger which i feel like a lot of people either want to know about this story are gonna be really interested about this story or already kind of know some of the details but we haven't gone into everything so today is the day that we go into everything about this story so what is the Harper's Halftime Show now moving forward? So the Harper's Halftime Show is now going to be sports stories from our personal life. And that can be stories from recent, stories from childhood. I haven't really put a label on it yet, but just personal sports stories because I feel like we have a lot of things interesting that happen to us in our sports life. Yeah, there's a lot of drama in our personal sports life. Yeah, and we just can't ever get away from it. It's because we're too competitive. Yeah, I think it is the competitiveness. This one, honestly, not my fault. Not my fault. I didn't bring this one on me. Yeah. But I think it's partially my fault because of how I reacted and how much it affected me. Yeah. We always in react, that moment. We always react poorly to these situations. Yeah. So let's just get into it. I'm going to give my side of the story and then Sean has his own little sides of the story because a lot of it we were separate. So this story refers to a CrossFit competition that we did now about a month ago. And we had an incident where we believe that a girl that I competed against cheated pretty bad. And I would say we're like 98% sure. Allegedly. I would say there's a 2% chance that she didn't. Yeah. Allegedly cheated. Allegedly cheated. Don't come for me. Don't sue me. So this was a two-day competition that I signed up for. And at the very beginning of the competition, I was signed up for a division and I did end up dropping divisions, which is important. It's relevant because I put a lot of pressure on myself to go into this competition and get do do well and so my initial goal was to win and i think i put a little bit too much pressure on myself at the beginning and that's why i reacted so poorly to the situation so that's why it's relevant this was a two-day competition and we go into day one and i did okay i did a workout that was not a workout that was good for me and i ended up getting third so i was pretty hyped and At the end of day one, I was in second place, and this really awesome girl was in first place, super cool, and then there was this other girl who was in third place, and we were going into the third workout of the day, which was the last workout of day one, and I was blessed enough to be in the second heat of my division, which is relevant and good because that means I can watch basically most of my division go, see the times, and then see what I kind of need to shoot for to get a good placement. And so the girl that was in third, we were watching her because she was in the same lane as me, which is also relevant to the story. (laughs) And we watched her third workout of that day. We watch her do it. We look up at the time and me and Sean both saw the same time. And I go and I had beat that time. And so I get done and Sean even on because we were doing on Facebook live So some of our friends could see it. He pans to me and he's like, how does it feel to win the first workout or win your first workout? I was like feels good, whatever Well, we get done and I had actually gotten second in that workout and it said that that girl had gotten first in that workout Which we just chalked that up to oh, we saw the time wrong not a big deal Like maybe we missed saw it It wasn't not a big deal. It was very confusing yeah, we were we initially questioned confused. ourselves a lot. Like I could have swore I saw the the correct time, but and, and we both had saw that time, so it was confusing. But we didn't make a big deal about it. We just we just chalked it up to we saw the wrong time. So then we come into day two, and I'm still in second. That girl's still in first. 
and then the other girls in third but she's catching up to me points wise and so we had a workout that was an a and a b workout and the a workout was max burpees in three minutes and the b workout was a max snatch and i knew i had zero shot of beating this girl in the snatch because my snatch isn't that good so i told sean that we need to watch her and we need to count her burpees because i'm going to kill myself to get these burpees I like full send on the burpees don't care about the snatch and Sean was talking me into going and warming up because I don't warm up very well for my workouts but I wanted to stay and watch the burpees and so he ended up talking me into it and he's like I'm going to watch her and I will count the burpees don't worry about it that's also relevant because when Sean tells me to do something I don't want to do because I'm nervous about him messing up something he's like competitive as heck and it's like I'm gonna prove you wrong like I'm gonna do this perfectly is that right? Yeah, so not so much as competitive is like, I know for a fact if I mess up the slightest thing, Tori's going to jump down my, she's going to jump on my butt. She's going to be upset. Like, I was right. You were wrong. I should have stayed. So I'm not going to tell her to go warm up and not watch this girl go and then me get distracted by somebody and not know yeah. what happened. So so I come back in and I'm like, how many burpees did she get? And Sean was like 48. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go for 50 anyways, because that was my goal from the beginning. Let me, so I want to talk because before we get past this, because you were outside warming up. Yeah. So while the girl is going to do burpees, I'm like locked in on her watching them. And burpees is not something that's hard to count. It's or a, a fast s- movement at all. Yeah, it's slow. It's down, up over the bar one it's it's a very slow movement to put this into perspective i can do full out send probably like 15 burpees per minute or like 20 per minute which is slow that's really slow yeah it's not hard to count it's not like you're counting jump rope or something yeah so i'm counting every single rep and her judge is like on one knee right next to her and he's like doing like this hand signal every time she clears a rep and he's counting out loud rep for rep so when she gets done i'm counting and i'm glancing back at the judge too a little bit and when she gets done i counted 48 and i turn to the judge and i see him like visibly tell her you got 48 and nodded and here's another thing that i didn't really bring up to you and i just not thought about it is she didn't she didn't look upset she didn't argue it because you have to sign it remember yeah, but she's going straight into part B, so she didn't sign there. Okay, okay. Yeah, you, you sign after part B. Correct. Okay. So, but he told her 48, and she just kind of said, okay. There was, like, no discussion. Hmm. So, like, didn't talk about it at all, just got ready for her snatch. So, but I remember visibly, he counted 48, and I also counted 48. Okay. Yeah, and that is important to note. So, once you finish the workout, the judge comes up to you and says, you got this, and you got this, and you have to physically sign it. Basically giving your approval. Yeah. In every competition you ever do. Yep. And so, that is very important. That is basically like a written contract, in my opinion. If I had, if I was like, no, I think I got 50 burpees, and you counted 45, I'm not going to sign that. I'm going to be like... I actually think you mis miscounted. Right, but no, nobody enforces that. Right, but that's something that I would do because when I sign it, I, I take that as I'm approving this. Yeah. So, anyways, he counts 48 burpees. I go, I get 50 burpees. And I did full send it. Like, yeah, I was dying. Yeah, you were trying to beat 48. Yeah, and so I get 50 burpees. I didn't do well on the snatch. And so we get done, and I'm, like, feeling good, thinking, okay, she beat me on the snatch, but I beat her on the burpees. No big deal. 
So I'll still be in second. She'll still be in third. Or maybe we'll move up the leaderboard together. Mm-hmm. And we get done. We sit down. And you brought up to me. She, it says she got 53 burpees. Yeah, we were sitting there. And I refreshed the leaderboard. And I saw that she she moved into first place overall. Yeah. And I was like, what? And I click on it and it said she won the burpee workout. She got 53 burpees. And that's when I was like, no, we need to we need to go talk to somebody. It it was big of a concern enough that Sean, Sean was like, we need to go talk to them. And so we both walked up and we went to where they were taking in the scores. And we were like, I think that there's something wrong because he counted her burpees. He saw that she got 48. And the girl was like, yeah, we just got the video. And we fixed it. And Sean was like, oh, okay, so you're fixing it. And she's like, yeah, it was actually 53 burpees on the video. And we were like, really taken off guard. I kind of threw a fit. Yeah. And I was like, so does everyone get a video then? And she was like, well, you can submit a video. Sean had asked and said, was it a family video? And she said, yes. And which is kind of a big no-no in the CrossFit world. To, to accept videos straight off your phone, usually you use WAD proof. For online, but in-person stuff, they look at videos. The TFX qualifiers, the guy was no repping people because they're two-foot takeoff with video on iPhone. Mm, okay. Usually, what I've seen is that if you're going to submit a video as an outside source, you have to use wadproof. On online competitions. I also saw at KO and the OK, people were using wadproof. Sure, but most local, your local competitions are just local mom and pop gyms they're right it's pretty common to see people argue videos over standards over reps not so much time but really standard is yeah. usually the, the deal. i usually i usually see it with max lifts and when people want to argue things for like a standard purpose it's for like their max hand lift and someone no rep them for depth and they're like actually i did get depth if you look at this video yeah so that happened i was upset and sean was confused and was like, I literally sat there and, and counted the burpees and got the same as the judge. And so we initially, we, we asked them to review the video. Correct. So this, the lady we were talking to was, she was just submitting scores. Yeah. She wasn't running the competition. So I went to the guy running the competition and I asked him to go back and watch the video again. Because I was like, I was basically telling him my first initial thing was give benefit of the doubt. I was like, she miscounted the video. Yeah. She had to have. Because maybe I miscounted by a maximum of two reps. That's like literally the only way is like two reps. I didn't miscount by five. Right. It's like not possible. Like It's too slow of a movement to miscount not by possible. five. Yeah. That, that's like 20 seconds. You and the judge miscounted by five. Correct. Like, so I asked him to go back and watch the video. And later on, he comes back up to me and lets me know that he rewatched the video and that it was 53 burpees. And I also asked him to go look for standards since they were using this video to improve her score because I remember at the very end of her set, like one of her last reps, she kicked the bar or the plate. And typically it's a no rep if you hit the bar. To the point, which is relevant because to the point where it move the bar you said correct like it moved it like moved it it was like an obvious yeah like kick and so that's typically a no rep because you're not jumping high enough well he said he reviewed it he found the kick and it technically wasn't a no rep because she touched the plate not the bar and he was like in matter of fact she actually did it twice during the workout yeah and so that's when 
more red flags were going off in my head was like, I was dialed in only watching her. I watched her the entire time and she only kicked that bar once. Right. It was at the very end. And when she kicked it, I'm so competitive, I kind of yelled out loud. I was like, oh, that's a no rep. But then I kind of like caught myself because I don't want people thinking like I'm an a-hole or right. like I'm nitpicking. So I kind of, I left it alone. I, I didn't bring it up a single other time until this video stuff started happening. Right. So I remember when she kicked that bar, I was like shocked because I was like, no rep. Because I want her to get the least amount of reps possible because you're trying to beat her. And he tells me that he watched this video. She did get 53 and she kicked the bar twice. Yeah. So then we're sitting there thinking and we're like, Sean's like, am I crazy? Like, did I really miscount by five? And then we're like, is it possible that someone would edit a video? And we're like, that would be insane. That would be literally insane. Like, who would do that? Especially for like a scale, like it's a scale division in a competition. And so we're, we kind of move on. We're like, whatever, like we have to move on because we're going to the last workout. And I'm like, now she's in first. I would literally have to pull something out of my butt and she would have to do terrible. Like I would have to get first and she would have to get almost last basically. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, we're going to move on, whatever. I'm still in second place. It's fine. Which honestly wasn't what I was doing. I was kind of pouting, but it's, it's okay. And so we go to the last workout and I'm getting ready for the last workout. She goes and we see her time. We see what I have to be. And then I'm like, hey, babe, can you go get my paper? Because I had to have a paper and I left it. How Your scorecard. Yeah, my scorecard. And so I'm like, can you go get my paper? And he's like, hold on, hold on. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like annoyed at this point. And he's like. Big attitude. Yeah, big attitude. And he's like, he looks down and he's like, He's editing the video. And so she had just gone and they were recording it. I looked down and this dude, matter of fact, is literally editing her video. And I did some digging and because we had kind of recorded this story and it didn't work out with the recording. And I went and followed her on Instagram. It's her dad. So you did you you confirm that it is her dad? Yes, it it would maybe it was the guy who walked her down the aisle in her wedding. <laughs> okay. So put tuned. It might be your grandpa. I don't know. So basically, what's happening is is this is a really small gym, and every single workout, this girl goes in the same lane that Tori has to go to right afterwards. Towards the end of competition, this is the girl Tori's trying to beat. So and this is the lane Tori's going to be in. So we yeah. end up posting up and watching her like every workout. It's really tight, and this older gentleman is sitting crisscross applesauce beneath, like right in front of my feet. Like my toes are inches behind his waist. He's sitting down and I'm standing up. It's also easy to note that she she and her husband are Asian. Yeah. And her dad is, or her grandpa or whoever this family member is also Asian. It is, it is clear that this is her family member. Yeah. He's like dialed in recording the workout. Yeah. While this is going on, mind you, I've completely forgotten about all this stuff that's happened. Cause yeah, we like, had moved on at this point. There's nothing you can do about it. So I'm like, whatever, we got to quit dwelling on it. I'm more focused at strategy and like time. And I'm looking at all these girls because I'm trying to coach Tori the best I can. The workout ends and I'm like, okay, now like now we got to get ready for Tori's workout. And I go to like move and I look down. The workout had been finished for like 15 seconds. And I look down and this guy is crisscross applesauce, phone in his lap editing this video like rapid like yeah. his fingers are going a thousand miles an hour he's on an iphone already cropping and editing this video yeah 
And I was just like in shock. I watched him for like 10 seconds just watching him do it. And I was like mind blown, like weird. Like why are you why are you editing a video so fast? If it's for social media, you have time to like go outside and like put together a social media video. Like it, it didn't look like it was for that. And that's when Tori started tapping me. And then I finally like walk away from him and I'm like, that guy is literally editing a video right now. Well, you said that I looked down and the guy heard you mm-hmm. and he had two phones in his lap and he put them together, put them in his pocket, stood up and walked away. Well, he stood up first when I like, right when I walked off is when he stood up and he had both phones in his hands. And that's when I said it even louder. Cause then I was like bad and I started yeah. like calling him out. And he walked away and he was like standing around like looking all sus. Super awkward. Like super awkward, like not standing by anyone, like super sus. And so we're like, are you serious? Yeah, he had two phones. Probably one was hers or something. But he was definitely editing the video. And the last workout was already over with. It didn't matter. She she was already going to win. Maybe the off chance that like I pulled some crazy stuff. And, he'd like, be ready to He'd submit be ready to submit video. a video. Yeah. And so just like being prepared. And it was one of those things where like we figured that out. And I was like, she submitted an edited video of the burpees. Correct. That's what we believe. From Uh, all the evidence and like we're like 98% sure. And maybe someone else has a different opinion on it on the matter. But like I'm pretty sure. A couple big things is it's not hard to take four or five burpees and then from the end of her workout and stick them in the middle of the workout. From someone who edits videos, it's not hard to do. Yeah. And to make it look seamless, it is not hard to do whatsoever. If And it's obvious, these competitions, there's a lot of divisions and a lot of workouts. So it is one after another, after another, after another. The people running this comp don't have time no. to sit down and the guy running it was, he was super cool. He was like, yeah. it didn't look doctored, but in my head, I'm like, bro, you don't have time to, I bet you give me that video and give me uh, an hour. Yeah. I'll find you where she plugged it in. Yeah. Like you'll find where it's not seamless. This is nothing on the people that ran the comp whatsoever. I had a super fun time. I loved the workouts. It was really fun. And they did. They reviewed the video. Not a lot of people at competitions would do that. If someone was asking, they'd just be like, no, we already we already looked at it. It's fine. Like, right. you know, so they did. They reviewed the video. They did their due diligence. But we still have all this evidence to the, believe that it was The big thing edited. that I was trying to get at is she kicked that bar one time. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. As much as I believe Jesus is real, I know she kicked that bar one time. <laughs> she kicked that bar one time yeah this man told me he watched the video and in the video she kicks it twice that's your biggest evidence mine is literally seeing the guy edit the video for the last workout people can argue though that he was doing that for social media all this stuff that's just an added on that he's already he's clearly probably been doing this for every workout yeah and then this goes back to the workout before she cheated the burpees workout three is where we thought we saw the correct time and then it came out but we never went and asked them if she submitted a video for that either. Right, which honestly, now I'm like, I kind of wish I would have. But honestly, to wrap it up, it's more now like I ha- was talking to my mom about this the other day and I've totally moved on from it. And, you know, I've kind of even forgot about the competition. I didn't even get a medal for getting podium. Like it, it was such a small comp. It's not a big deal. And there's no prize money or anything. There is prize money for the other upper comp- division. Upper divisions, just not your division. Right. And so 
I've moved on from that, but it's one of those things where, like, now my guard's up. If I see that girl at another competition, even if she's not in my division, it's like, I'm going to be looking out for that. Because the CrossFit community, for people who don't know I want to protect the CrossFit community, and if you're doing stuff like that, you are tearing it down. The CrossFit community, for people who don't know, is, like, it's very, like, first responder, military, firefighter. Like, it's very, it supports all those things. It's very, like, I don't know, it feels like high moral, high value sport. It's what it's, it's why we got addicted to it so much. Is yeah. A lot of people are really open about their faith in CrossFit, and we do a lot of hero wads to remember former military and first responders. I know that if, like, we were in a bind, if our truck broke down on the side of the road and we need someone to come and help us and we posted on our gym, like, community page, there would be someone there. Yeah. Period. Not to mention people that don't even know you from other CrossFit gyms. Oh, yeah. Like, the CrossFit community is pretty tight and that's one of the most coolest things about it. So, that was another reason why we kept questioning ourselves is, like, would someone really do this? Yeah. Would someone really do this? In this community, in this environment. In this division when there's nothing on the line. Yeah, nothing nothing on the line. And to put it in perspective, if she would have done that and her score would have been 48 burpees, Tori and this girl would have had the exact same amount of points. They would have tied for first. The tiebreaker to break first place would have been who had the most burpees. Yeah, so technically I would have won. She, Tori would have got first place. She would have got second. But at this point, it's not even about that. It's I'm protective of this community. Don't do things to tear it down. Period. Yeah, it's it's pretty mind-blowing. It's crazy. So that is the full burpee fudger story. Let us know what you think. Yeah, I'm interested on, on people's opinions. And even if it is, like, we don't we don't think that she did that. Whatever. Like, that's fine. I don't care. Let us know how you would have reacted. What would you have done? Oh, yeah. Probably a lot more graceful than me. I learned a lot about myself. I feel like some people would have flipped. I learned a lot about myself in that instance. And there are definitely things that I need to grow in as an individual. And I reacted so poorly. And I look back and I'm so embarrassed. My friend was there. And she kept kind of calling me out about it a little bit. And I'm glad she did. Because I was in second place. I was doing well. I was the only one doing well mm-hmm. out of every, our whole group that was there. Yeah. And I just had such a piss attitude. And yeah. I'm not happy about it. I'm used to it, so. <laughs> Whatever. I, no, I'm talking about with me. Oh. I do that everywhere I go. I compete. I have. I would have lost it even probably worse. I think about like like people like Corey who outside the moment. Corey's very good at handling himself in the moment. Yeah. But if he thinks about it, like. By on his own, he'd have been like, I would have flipped out. But I feel like in the moment, he would have handled it better. No, yeah. I feel like Corey would have been the person to handle it well. But but then thought about it and then like let it build up a little bit. And then wish he would have done something more. Yeah. yeah. But I, I definitely want to handle those situations a little bit better moving forward. And maybe if I would have taken a second and not freaked out, I would have thought about a better way to approach the directors about it. You know, things like that. Just... Mm-hmm. You know, you live and you learn. So, okay. That's the Burpee Fudger story. We got to move on to... The second half of this this lovely episode. Topic two today. Yep. We're going to talk about NBA referee Eric Lewis. Okay. I love talking about referees that mess up. Eric Lewis, NBA referee. So it's no secret that the NBA has had a lot of scrutiny with their refereeing over the, over the years. Over the years when it comes to 
referees throwing games and stuff. Well, you know about Tim Donahue yeah. who was fixing games for a lot of people know about that. That was a really big story. Eric Lewis, let's go a little bit of his bio. There's not much to talk about. Referees don't have like career stats and stuff. I mean, right. a little bit, but okay. So Lewis started his career officiating six years at the high school level, then eight years at the college level. Two seasons, United States Basketball League. Three years in the G League. And then 2005, he was officially promoted to be an NBA referee. So he started refereeing in the NBA in 2005. Since then, he's been in, he's been officiating for 19 years, in which he's refed nearly 1,100 games, 82 playoff games, and he's refereed the past four NBA Finals. So he's a very high-level ref. At this point, yes. Yeah. Very high level. Like I said, he's ref the last four NBA Finals. And the way all sports do it now, by the way, is they literally go back and they judge how well you've officiated for the season to determine if you're qualified for playoffs or finals. So it's season over season, which is cool. So like if you did good one season and then the next season you kind of didn't do as well, then you won't make the final cut. Correct. That's how they supposedly say it's done. Is there four refs in NBA or three? There's three per game. Okay, so yeah, I feel like they they say they go off how well you you perform, but to me, I think that's a I don't know. With NBA or basketball, it can be a bunch of BS. So technically, like the top three refs for the season are in the finals game. So they cycle through the finals. They pick twelve referees. There's seven games in the finals. Okay, so yeah, they pick twelve. It's not the same crew every night. Okay, they cycle through like. So Eric Lewis has been a part of the last four NBA Finals, but he's only ref six games in the Finals. Okay. They change them out so that every night you're not getting the same crew. Which is good. Yes. They want to make it as fair as possible. But with Eric Lewis, he's one of the referees. Do you know who Scott Foster is? Mm-mm. If you saw him, you know. He's one of the older referees. That... Is he the guy with the black hair? Taller? No. Okay. No. Anyways, he's one of the older referees that all the players know. And he's had controversial moments throughout his career. So on May 28th, the NBA announced that they have officially launched an investigation into Eric Lewis right before the finals because of a supposed burner account on Twitter. What is a burner account? You don't know what a burner account is? No. So a burner account is a fake account that people create and they use to defend themselves or defend something else. Okay, so it's... Like catfishing, but to defend yourself. Kind of. Like Kevin Durant was suspected of this. It wasn't proven. You make a fake... Say Kevin Durant did it. He makes a fake account, and then he goes in, and he goes in all these Twitter chats that are talking crap about Kevin Durant, and he defends Kevin Durant. We should make a burner account for Harper's Halftime. No. (laughs) Honestly, though, like, honestly, this kind of goes into what I've been talking about the last few days of sports people are intense. Like, they're super intense. They're really passionate, which I love that personally. And I don't get offended by it because you need to be passionate about the things you care about. But they're intense. So people making burner accounts in the sports world does not surprise me. Yeah. The reason that, like, a referee would make a burner account is all the people talking crap about refs. Oh, yep. And then this burner account's coming in defending the referees, saying why they're doing good and all this stuff. Changing the perspective a little bit right so okay the, the reason this is a big deal yeah why would you get suspended for something like this is my my question the reason it's a big deal because uh the league came out and said this the league has not indicated any potential timetable for the completion of the investigation and he has not and they have not commented on any potential discipline 
The investigation is likely looking into the potential violation of a rule that prohibits referees from publicly commenting on official officiating matters without proper league approval. So they have a rule that they cannot comment about officiating without league approval. They don't want them getting into disputes and debates and press conferences and defending themselves. Right. The players are very critical of NBA officiating as well. And what they'll do in these press conferences is talk crap about the officials. And they don't want the officials clapping back, getting into it with players. Which, is that fair? Players get fined massive amounts of money. Okay. They're not allowed to talk crap about them either. Okay, that's fair. They literally open up with, I'm going to get fined for this and I don't care. This is hypothetical. They'll open up and be like... I don't really care, but Eric Lewis is absolute garbage, and it's worth every penny me saying that to all of you out here. Okay. The that's... players literally do that in press conferences. That is fair. If, if the players just had free reign to talk about the refs, and then they're like, they can say whatever they want about you, but you're not allowed to defend yourself, that's not fair. No. So that they're makes They're not sense. allowed. That honestly makes sense because you are technically a professional, a business professional, you shouldn't be... That's like me talking crap about my coworker. Yeah, like in a different department or something. Right. Yeah, basically. So they don't want these people getting into it with each other. So this Twitter account, this is pretty crazy. Let's get into more details about the Twitter account. This is pretty I want to hear... Do they have a specific tweets? Yeah, so they have a few. So what this Twitter account was doing is basically started out with defending just randomly getting in comments like on post and defending Eric Lewis and other officials. It started gaining some traction, this Twitter account did, even though it had no profile picture. And it was, it got up over a hundred followers. Even that, even though it was deactivated for a certain period of time and was like no activity, then it got reactivated and started posting like, like at one point, one of the tweets was like, this Twitter account ranked the top 100 referees of all time, like one through 100. This Twitter, this burner account ranked refs one to, was Eric Eric number one? No, no. He was like 69. This was like all time. Oh, dang. This is like all time referee. It was starting to put out like content, like it knew what it was talking about and stuff as well. Oh man. That's like one of those things where you sneak out of your parents' house and you're like, I have to be back at midnight. And then you're having so much fun and you're like, no, I'm just going to push it to 1 a.m. Nope, I'm just going to push it to 2 a.m. And it's because like you keep pushing that limit because you haven't gotten caught yet and you're having fun. Correct. It's like, dude, just stop while you're ahead. Yeah, it just kept going more and more and more. So the name... Okay, so the name of this Twitter account was Cutliff Blair. I don't know what they were trying to... It was... Weird. Yeah, just a random name. And they're going really big on this stuff. I don't know how it got found out that this may potentially be a burner account. Uh, It's funny, one of the main indicators that people are linking this to Eric. There's two things that are linking this to Eric Lewis. One thing, this account only follows five accounts. Oh no. It follows NBA, NBA official, NBA referees, ref analytics, and it follows the George Mason women's basketball team. Why is that relevant? His wife's the head coach of George Mason women's basketball team. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm gonna give her an extra follow. Yeah. So no one knows who that is. Yep. His is that wa- like a high school team? George Mason. Oh, is that a college team? D1 Patriot okay. League. They've been in March Madness before. I don't know George Mason. Yeah, they're in the Patriot League and Patriot Conference. Yeah, that's relevant. 
Every, everyone knows who they are. They're in the Northeast. Everyone everyone knows that conference. Arizona Wildcats, one of their best players last year, transferred from George Mason. They're uh, yellow and green. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. So, yeah, George Mason women's basketball team is one of the people he follows, and his wife is a head coach there. Oh, my dude. So, after the investigation was launched, the last tweet that this account made literally says, this is Mark Lewis, Wright family, older brother, I'm sorry I put E in this situation, but this ain't Watergate. You're right. The account will be coming down. Twitter should not be vindictive. Sorry to inconvenience you. So Mark Lewis is Eric Lewis's brother. Oh. So the last tweet this burner account ever made said, this is Mark Lewis. Mark Lewis is Eric Lewis's brother. Yeah. I'm sorry I put E in this situation, Eric. And this ain't Watergate. You're right. The account will be taken down. Twitter should not be vindictive. I'm sorry to inconvenience you. So how, what is the likelihood that this is actually his brother? I feel like that's highly likely. I don't know. Why does his brother care about George women's basketball team? Because that's his sister-in-law. Sure. I don't know. That seems like a lot. Like if his brother is following all this NBA stuff, he's like, and then Eric honestly could be feeding him information, though, on the back end. Then he's still at fault. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's his brother. Like, that's not. I don't know. I could have to look more into it. His brother doesn't have a life. He's, like, diving deep, deep into the ref analytics and all this stuff and arguing these people refereeing and stuff like that. If your brother was a ref in the NBA, don't you think that you would dive deep into that kind of stuff? I wouldn't care about people talking bad about my brother. Unless it was I think like, a lot of people unless would. it was like national headlines, I would be living my life. Like unless I was unless I now here's something I, I have to look at, but I doubt it. Unless Mark is an employee of Eric, unless he hired his brother as like a, a assistant. You know how professional athletes will hire family members yeah. so that they can put them on payroll? Yeah. So unless he's on payroll, which I doubt it because referees don't make they're not making millions. Yeah. Like, that's the only way I could see it. Otherwise, I'd be like, he hit me up telling me he's having a hard time. And I'm like, why? He's like, all these people were talking bad about me. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. What'd you do? I just know you're in the NBA. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it could be either way. But I think it being his brother is a high possibility. I know a lot of siblings that are really protective over each other. Maybe. We I just don't it's... personally have that experience. So we wouldn't know what that would f- feel like. I think it's their alibi of him trying to get out of it. So, yeah. okay, so the league, after deciding the 12-man crew for the NBA Finals, they said, regarding Eric Lewis and the social media posts, we are continuing to review the matter, and he will not be working the finals this year. Yeah. So he's not working the finals, even though supposedly he was qualified by his performance this year. Oh, that sucks. So there's a couple other things I want to get into with Eric Lewis that happened this year. Did you hear about the really big, probably not, but... When the Lakers were starting to be on the up and cup, uh, up and coming, right before the trade deadline, they went on this streak of like several games in a row where they were losing close games over very, very poor officiating. Oh, was Eric Lewis officiating? A part of it, yeah. So there was a lot of stuff building up to this moment that I'm about to show you. But basically, what happened is, is several games in a row, the Lakers are like literally an 11 seed. They're outside the playoff picture, like. Something's got to budge. LeBron came back from injury, and he's like, at this point, he's playing harder than he's played all year. Like, he's trying to, like, will into wins. And they were losing several games by, like, bad, like, controversial stuff. One of the things that happened was a big game against the Boston Celtics. The game's tied 105-105. 
LeBron James drives to the basket, goes up for a layup with his left hand, and it's seen on video. Jason Tatum literally slaps his forearm hard right here. And the, I think I did see this video. The ball comes out of LeBron's hand, and there's no call made. None. And the game goes to overtime. It happened at the buzzer. So if they would have called the foul, he would have gone to the free throw line to win. And this is where LeBron went viral. He was like rolling around on the ground like a child. Like he was like freaking out. Yes. Then see that. while waiting to go from regulation to overtime, Patrick Beverly literally came on the court with a camera, like your camera, and shoved it in Eric Lewis's face showing him the foul. And Eric Lewis teed him up. And it was like a big deal like... A player came on the court with a camera and showed this man how in the world, how is it possible? It like doesn't get more clear than that. Was this a reviewable play? Because I know the last two minutes of the game, you can review plays, but I don't know if you can overturn no calls. Uh, they have challenges and stuff. I don't know how it, I don't know the exact rules. Yeah. It didn't get reviewed, overturned, nothing. They go to overtime and the Celtics win in overtime. Wow. And it was just another like defeating, crushing loss for the Lakers. It's also came out since all this started because the Celtics were playing the 76ers in round two with Embiid. Doc Rivers was coaching Philadelphia game seven. They had to go to game seven in Boston and Eric Lewis was refing that game. And right before the game, Eric Lewis's wife posted a picture on Twitter with her and her two kids all wearing Boston Celtics jerseys. Oh, no. His wife is steady getting him in trouble. (laughs) She needs to, like, just remove herself. Yes. So she posted a... She tweeted basically saying... And they need to get off Twitter. Yeah, these are the Take vibes. Take Instagram or something. Basically, like, these are the vibes right now. Something along those lines. So... Oh my gosh, does he not talk to her like, you cannot show favoritism? It's gonna look really bad on me. Here's the picture. Current mood. Let's go Boston. Clover emoji, clover emoji, clover, uh, clover emoji. So this no. is his wife, Vanessa Lewis. Her, their whole family are apparently Boston Celtics fans. That's sketch. This is right before the investigation started. I wonder if this picture start is the reason the investigation started. So, game seven goes in, Boston wins, and now things are coming out. I couldn't find it. I heard this on Sports Talk Radio. It said in the last four years, in games that Eric Lewis refs with the Boston Celtics playing, the Celtics are 21-3. and I have always thought there has to be some kind there has to be some refs in the nba that are a little biased and they control the game so much supposedly the real stat is all time the celtics are 36 and 3 when he refs he just should not ref any more boston games now i do want to note i saw people disputing this saying that the record is something different and I searched and searched for like an hour. It was one of the reasons it was taking me so long. I couldn't find like official stats. It's all articles. I yeah. could not find the official stat. But there's a lot of people claiming that Boston has a ridiculous good record when Eric Lewis refs. I don't know. These referees that have been in the league so long, not just favorite teams, they they start creating dis- friends and disliking certain players. Yeah. Because they've been doing it so long. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. They got to closely monitor that stuff. I have no idea how how you would make a solution for that other than continuously rotating refs in and out of the league. 
Yeah. And that sucks. I mean, this this man's roughing a game the same night his family, his entire family is posting on social media, let's go Boston with Boston Celtics jerseys. That's just the thing to me of like, are you that dumb? Even... Even if you were trying to morally be correct, this is still subconsciously going to be in your head. No, yeah. You're like, justif- you're, you would naturally justify it like, oh, yeah, that was the right call, but it, it went in Boston's favor, but I mean, it was the right call. Like, you're like naturally justifying it. Like, I'm trying to be fair. I dealt with it literally refing milestone college basketball. Yeah. I'm, I've had to ref like church league basketball, but these teams are in the league and I'm refing, and maybe this team, if they win, they're going to be above me or whatever the scenario is. And I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can. And you will naturally justify, like, no, 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 that was that's a neutral call. It just happened to go in my favor, right. but that's really the right call. Like, I don't know. It's it's hard to be straight neutral. Yeah, I don't really have a solution for that, honestly, unless he, I would say, oh, he can't ref any more Boston games, but in reality, he's going to get fired. They're just going to replace him. Yeah. They're not going to let him ref in the league anymore if it comes out that he was he was being biased towards the team, which yep. is really sad. It's pretty crazy. I don't know if this burner account is him or not. There's a lot of... There's we'll a have lot- to keep up to date with this one. Yeah. It's still ongoing investigation. Adam Silver's got his hands full. He's got... This and he's got the John Morant investigation going on. And I'm he's... sure you can't. There's a way to look up IP addresses of the tw- when the tweets were made, and you can see the location of the IP addresses. Probably. And it's like, why haven't you done that already? Yeah. Like that's an easy solution to figure out who it was. All right. Well, we'll definitely keep up to date with that because I'm sure more stuff will come out. All right. We're gonna go into overtime. We're gonna do it. It's quick. I promise. So we're going to do a blind rank and this is for you. So you're going to do a blind rank and we're going to do a blind rank of the goats of different sports. So I'm going to give you you one through five and I'm going to give you a player one at a time and you have to rank them one through five blindly. So you're not going to know who the next player is that I give you. There's only five players. There's only five and it, they're all different sports. So you're going to have to rank them based on like who is the goat of you know, all goats. You're giving me five goats from five different sports. Yep. And I supposedly don't know who you're about to say. Yeah. I know absolutely the players you're about to say. No, you don't. You're going to name me five different goats from five different sports. That narrows it down to like seven people. Nope. You honestly, I swear, you're not going to know. So you have one through five. You might want to get up on your computer one through five so you can keep track of what numbers you put them at. So... It, you're basically you're saying you may not give me a goat yeah so that's also relevant right that's also like i may give you a goat that i think is a goat and you think uh they're not really the goat of that sport so yes basically you're giving me five really good athletes yep and i have to rank them one through five based on their greatness correct so you, you could say james harden because you think he's a great basketball player Right, sure. But you know I'm not going to give you him, so... But that's how these things usually but go. I genuinely went into this with the best of intentions. So I'm not going to give you a random one that's I don't think is a goat. For real. Okay. Okay. I don't need the thing. I'll okay. just remember it. All right, number one. Hold on. This is the first player, right? Yes. This is not ranking number one. No, babe. You're ranking them. Okay. First player. First player. You need to be clear. First player. Wayne Gretzky. We're going hockey. Number four. Number four. Yeah. All right. Number two. We're going messy. 
Soccer. Crap. <laughs> number five. Number five? Yeah. You're putting him at number five? Yeah. Okay, so we got number four, Wayne Gretzky, and number five is Messi so far. Athlete three, Michael Jordan. Number two. Dang, you're putting him that high? Mm-hmm. All right. Athlete number four is Tom Brady. Number one. I knew Tom Brady was coming. That was quick. Yeah, number one. You think Tom Brady's number one? Yeah. All right, you want to know who you put at number three? Tiger Woods? Nope. You don't know any good baseball players unless you Googled it. What sport is it? You want to try and guess it? Yeah, what sport is it? Baseball. What did you say, Babe Ruth? Yep. Okay. Number three. That's good. You you agree with that? I nailed that list. So you put Tom Brady as number one. Number two was Jordan. Michael Jordan. Three, Babe Ruth. Four, Wayne Gretzky. And you put Messi at number five. I feel like so many people are going to disagree with you on that. So with Messi, there's way too many all-time great soccer players to... to uh, Is there any that you would put above Messi, though? There's way too many to argue. I don't know enough about soccer to just be like really passionate, put someone ahead of him, but... You have Ronaldo. Yeah. You have the other Argentina player that was really good before him. You have... I feel like you could say the same thing for Jordan, though. There's only Mm -hmm. one person that comes even remotely close to arguing Jordan. Yeah. The reason Tom Brady's number one is there is no argument. He's the greatest of all... Quarterback. Quarterback and, like... Football player. Like, like just how many Super Bowls he won. I didn't even get the full name off. I was like, you're like one. Yeah, because one. with football, you do have to go by position, but it's so hard because there's like, what you maybe say Jim Brown in football, like there's no one else to argue him. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why, that's why I put those, and then Gretzky just because it was hockey. Like, yeah, because not a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know much about hockey, so I can't really argue that. Yeah, but as far as like dominating your sport... Tom Brady sealed the deal when he switched to the Buccaneers when he was 77 years old. And he took a team that missed the playoffs and then it took them and won another Super Bowl. Yeah. That's where it was like, this is There you go. Ridiculous. You're the goat of all goats. This is ridiculous. Tom Brady, you heard it here first. Tom Brady is a goat of all goats in Sean's And eyes. I hated Tom Brady for a long time. Yeah, did I did. not like Tom Brady. He did it for you when he switched teams and yeah. was geriatric and went and got... Yeah, that's Super crazy. Bowl. So, I don't know. I like that. I want to do games like that because it really also shows your sports knowledge. I feel like we can do other ones. I wanted to start out small. Yeah. And I really, yeah, I like the blind I like the blind ranks. I couldn't do it. I'd yeah. be like, who's messy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> no. All right. So, that's all we have for today on the second episode of Harper's Halftime. I really liked it. Yeah. It was a little bit more of like people in trouble, which was cool. Yeah, more tea. Yeah, more tea. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Harper's Halftime. We hope you enjoyed today's episode with our awesome sports discussions and unique insights from both Sean's perspective and my perspective. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube so you never miss an episode. We appreciate your support and we love hearing from all of our awesome listeners. So you can go ahead and reach out to us on Instagram at Harper's Halftime to share your thoughts, suggestions, and even maybe your own sports stories that we could feature on our halftime show. I think that'd be super awesome if you have anything crazy that has happened to you in the sports world. We'd love to hear about it. And just like that, as the buzzer sounds, game's over. Remember to stay passionate, stay informed, and keep embracing the thrill of the game. Until next time, this is Harper's Halftime, signing Signing off. off.